Hello, and welcome to The Edge, the official podcast of Bass Edge, brought to you by our good friends at Ditchwich. Bass Edge Television can currently be seen on the World Fishing Network seven days a week, Wild TV in Canada, and starting in January, we'll be on the Outdoor Channel. I'm Steve Brigman. Along with you today is Aaron Martin, the host of Bass Edge Television. We have an exciting episode today as BASS angler Kurt Dove and FLW co-angler are on together to discuss tournament preparation and how to maximize opportunities from the back of the boat. Also, Mark Jones of the Big Bass Tour is on hand to share new developments in their organization. You ready to go, Aaron? Let's do this. It's all here on The Edge. You're listening to The Edge, the official audio program of Bass Edge. Brought to you in part by Ditch Witches On. Experience the revolution. Oh, look here. I got one. I got one. Look here. <laughs> I mean, he whacked that football jig. The blades will dictate a lot of times the speed of the retrieve or the depth of that bait. Oh, good fish. Good fish. Did you see him come off that log? Woo, look at that son gun, man. That's awesome. You know, you've got to just stay active. Fishing is not easy. Oh, man, that's a toad. This is unbelievable. Well, welcome to the Edge. Aaron, hey, it's good to be back, man. Steve, it's always a pleasure to have you. You know, you and I get to uh, spend a tremendous amount of time out and about uh, traveling as we film. And, of course, old uh, Outdoors Dan, uh, again, he's, I guess, in the outdoors somewhere. Out chasing deer, I suspect. Where's that rascal? What flavor is he doing this week? Is he muzzle loading or bow hunting, or do you know? I think he is, you know, he's, he's pretty much a bow hunter at heart, uh, but he does occasionally get in a... Uh, a muzzleload hunt every now and again, but uh, last time I talked with him, he had just missed a very, very large deer. He said it was 180 plus on the scoring system, and uh, he w- he was pretty well upset. So I think he is somewhere either in Iowa or Kansas trying to wrap up some of his filming. Oh my goodness! Well, it probably was out there. There's some good deer with both of those countries. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, no hunting for this boy. I've been uh, we've been out on the road shooting. Now you're making me work all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. But uh, we've had a good time. You know, we had the opportunity. We're, we're down here in uh, Palatka on the St. John's River with Pam Martin Wells. And of course, from here, uh, we get to catch up with former Bassmasters Classic, Boyd Duckett. And, uh, you know, we had a great time with him last year. So uh, it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Well, I know. Great people. Pam, just a special lady. Once again, just a uh, great time on the St. John's River. And Boyd, you know, Boyd's going to catch him in his home state of Alabama. Right. You know, and, and Alabama kind of holds a special place for you. Uh, I hate to even bring this up because this is liable to turn into a 25-minute dissertation on college football. But, uh, you know, you, you kind of have a little crimson tide. Hey, I'll tell you what, I'll just, I'll, I'll keep it short, roll tide. <laughs> there you so, go. There you but, go. Uh, but it is fall, and fall's a great time, man. Hunting and the fishing's great and the football's good. It's just, what a time of year, man. Well, it, it is, and you know, we talk a lot about stability with those weather changes, and I, I really feel like, finally, you know, we, we've had somewhat of a, of a warm fall there at the beginning, but now those frosty mornings are here, uh, and that means one thing, some some decent topwater action. The bass are out chasing, uh, the, obviously, the bait fish, and, and really, uh, there's a lot of different ways to catch bass right now. Well, I'll tell you, near my Ozark home, we just, I don't know, it went crazy. We just hit 25 one morning, and I don't think it'd been below 45, so uh, I'm uh, trying to make those adjustments. I guess like the fish, huh? But our fishing's good here in the fall and on into the winter, and I just, I need to get out, man. We need to go. I know, I know, and I'm anxious to, uh, you know, this is the the time of year when uh, you've got, obviously, new water that's coming in from the rainfall, and whether it be a... uh, 
you know, a, a big reservoir or a local stream or, or even a, a pond or a privately managed lake or something like that. I mean, opportunities are endless out there with regards to a rod and reel. And, you know, the other thing is for those of us who maybe don't spend as much time in the woods as, as others, you kind of have the bodies of water to yourself. Oh, I know it. I mean, that's one of the great things about the fall is because a lot of guys are hunting. Go out on a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday afternoon. I remember when I grew up around Dallas, man, the best time to go fishing when there was a cowboy game on the TV. I just take my radio and fish, and we had some great times. And uh, I've read me, and I'm just I'm itching sitting here in the office doing this. You know, we're about to finish up with our season shoots. We've got Scott Boyd yet to go down at Lake Market in Alabama. Got most of my writing done already. And uh, so I may try to get out and spend a little time on a boat and maybe even a little time on a duck boat. Well, you know, speaking of writing, uh, Dan and I have kind of alluded to this, and, and you would kind of uh, actually alluded to the title of it right when you started about working you so hard, having to, you know, make you out here traveling around fishing for a living. But uh, you, you've got a new book that's uh, coming out right around the corner, and uh, the title is, I think, Somebody's Got to Do It. Well, you know, somebody does have to do it. And I, I want to be a team member, you know. And so uh, so I was willing to do some of the stuff uh, in the book, like uh, go to Alaska fishing and go to Africa on safari and some things like that. So uh, uh, we had a good, a good fun time with the book. And can't wait to get it out there. It should be out just before Christmas. Maybe I can sell a few and then have a little last-minute money <laughs> to buy a few Christmas presents. Well, I tell you what, from, uh, from what I've seen and read and then also the feedback that I've been getting from uh, a lot of those who you've kind of put it out there to uh, give some opinion and thoughts on in the early stages of, of the editing, you're not going to have any problem in selling a few of those. You know, just that style of writing that you do so well and kind of how you tell the stories. And, and quite honestly, you know, some of the things that happened to you during some of those stories, just even independent of the, of the Bass Edge filming project, I'm telling you what, I was literally about to fall off the side of my chair. Well, it was a great experience writing it. I guess in a way you you got to relive some of your uh, special moments, <laughs> relive some of, some of your youth, I guess, in my case, too. But uh, that was a fun project, and we hope to do another one. But uh, Aaron, man, as much as I like talking about me, I think we better take a break here because uh, I can't wait to get to this interview with uh, Kurt and Bill. Yeah, it's going to be great. Okay, well, we'll see you back on the other side or on the edge. Give any type of boat the edge with MegaWare Keel Guard. It's simple to install, and we can now beach our boat anywhere. If you own a boat, you need one of these. MegaWare Keel Guard protects the keel of your boat from sand abrasion, from underwater obstructions, even concrete boat ramps. Kit started under $140, and best yet, it's guaranteed to keep on protecting for life. Thanks, MegaWare Keel Guard. Thanks, MegaWare Keel Guard. Welcome back to The Edge, brought to you in part by Ditch Witches On, establishing a new standard in trencher power and versatility. All right, we are back on The Edge, and joining us this week is actually uh, two for the price of one for the Angler Spotlight, and uh, that is BASS competitor Mr. Kurt Dove, regular here on The Edge, and also uh, Stryn, uh, non-boater competitor, and that is Mr. Bill Lortz. Guys, uh, thanks so much for being part of The Edge. Hey, thanks, Aaron. It's great to be back again, and... Uh... Look forward to uh, talk about some interesting things today. It's great to be here. You know, uh, w- one of the things, guys, uh, obviously uh, had the opportunity to hook up with you and, and fortunate enough to uh, get to spend some time while you guys were kind of hanging out at the house, but also uh, preparing for the Strin Championship. And, you know, Kurt, I know that uh, you also uh, this past year fished the Elites, but uh, you were able to basically qualify uh, for the Strin Championship, I think, through the Northern Divisions, right? Yeah, that's right. Um 
I had a pretty good year this year. It went really well. I finished uh, sixth place in the standings. So qualified for here the championship on Table Rock, and uh, it's it's great to be here. Interesting story on on uh, how Bill and I kind of hooked up was that uh, I had a, a boat for sale last year, and Bill was looking to jump into something a little bit different than he had previously owned, and and he was you know gave me a call, and we were fortunate enough to really come out with a great friendship after after a boat sale. So. Uh, we were able to hook up on the uh, Strand Series this year, and Bill Bill competed as a non-boater. So uh, that's kind of how we sit and how we got here today. You know, and that kind of leads me uh, right into really the, the topic of this discussion, and, and that is talking about maybe, you know, in a competitive situation, obviously in, in a lot of the pro-am formats, you have a, a pro or a boater and then also a co-angler uh, or an amateur um, you know, but there's a lot of opportunities out there by just the very way that you guys kind of met. And, you know, Bill, has that really helped you out um, kind of with the relationship with Kurt of, of getting to see new water and new techniques? Because obviously you're a championship qualifier as well. Yeah, um, it's helped me out tremendously, especially fishing a lot of these lakes. Um, I'm from New York, and up there we have a lot of grass and a lot of weeds and stuff like that. And to get to down to some of these lakes where there isn't anything like that, just to experience that and everything, I mean, it's it's just hands down. And then to be able to do it with Kurt and uh, experience fishing with him and his knowledge, and it's just uh, one of the best ways to do it as far as I'm concerned. You know, and, and when you think of it from a competitive situation, we all know that, that kind of fishing in the same boat is, is a lot like a marriage or can be a lot like a marriage that it, you know, that relationship doesn't necessarily, just because you have two anglers uh, who know how to cast a bait, doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to work well. Kurt, let's start with you. How does that dynamic, you know, when you're in a fishing situation, whether it be a formal competition, much like you guys are practicing and preparing for, or whether that be just, you know, out enjoying your day recreationally, how does that help or hinder you? Well, you know, really, I think the first thing it, it starts off with is, is somebody that you can get along with, laugh with, and have a good time. And uh, th- that's what happened with Bill and I. Uh, when we met to uh, actually exchange the boat, we, we went out fishing for a day, and we had a really fun time together. And that kind of led us to, uh, you know, work together and, and be able to compete with one another on, on the strength series, you know, as a co-angler and, and as, a, as a boater. So we really took that to another level and um you know took our friendship and, and the fun and took it to a competitive state and really you know have been able to utilize one another's talents and um you know have two rods in the boats you know if, if i'm in the front and you know i think there's a good top water bite then i'm going to throw what what's confident for me but you know bill he excels at you know some other things and has confidence in other things so you know if he likes to throw a drop shot or spinner bait or something out of the back of the boat really me uh, being on the front of the boat is that i'm able to utilize two different techniques at the same time and and I'm able to uh, take that information and, and use it, putting my pattern together and making me a more competitive fisherman. And, and Bill, now to you, you know, kind of uh, being in the, the second position or fishing from the back of the boat, especially in a, in a competition, but also, uh, you know, let's say if it was just two guys on the water, you're, you're really at the mercy of how the, the guy that's at the trolling motor at the helm, uh, what A, what he's throwing, how fast he's, he's moving, and then also, if you're fishing targets or something like that, that has to have an impact on your decision-making and kind of what you're allowed to do from the back. Oh, by all means. I mean, uh, it's difficult at times, but you just basically just kind of fish the water that you presented to the best of your ability. You know, you make decisions based upon, like you said, how fast they're going and whatnot like that. 
sometimes you have a tendency to do what the pro in the front of the boat is doing. Uh, sometimes you do something different uh, just to change it up a little bit. But yeah, I mean, it's it can be difficult at times, but it's also a great learning experience. So what, what advice, you know, for our listeners perhaps who find themselves in a similar situation, either in the back of the boat in a tournament, or perhaps they they have the uh, luxury of having an invite from uh, a friend or family member. Um, Do you recommend that you always throw something different, or what tips and advice can you offer to them to kind of expedite their learning curve? Well, like just take, uh, you know, when we were out today, uh, Kurt was fishing on top water, and I would take and just go subsurface, go a little bit below, try to look for a little bit different bite, whether it be a jig or spinner bait or something like that. Just try to expand on it, expand on what the pro in the front of the boat is doing. And then again, too, sometimes you just got to do what they're doing if it's something that you can do. As long as you're not hitting certain targets, that works out pretty well sometimes. Like drop shotting. If you're drop shotting out of the back of the boat, it's pretty much open. You know, same thing if you're fishing a big grass bed. It's nice and open, so you can sit there and then turn around and do the same thing and still cover different water. I mean, when I'm fishing out of the back of a boat, I'm constantly, besides doing what I'm doing, I'm constantly watching what the guy in the front of the boat's doing, where he's casting and everything like that, so I can do something maybe just a little bit different to entice a bite from the back of the boat. So perhaps you're possibly targeting uh, maybe a different fish or a a different bite completely altogether, and and not necessarily always duplicating what, what is taking place in the front of the boat. Correct. You're looking for seconds. You know, and, and guys, I, I did have the, the chance to, to hop in the boat with you, I think, for about five or six hours uh, the other day. And, and watching that dynamic, you know, for the two of you uh, really just not knowing one another for that long, I must say it, it works together quite well. How quickly, uh, let's say, do you realize if it's going to work or if it's not going to work from a kind of a relationship standpoint of being in the boat and you know, is this somebody that I want to travel with? And, you know, all the things that, that factor into that. Aaron, I think the first thing that, that you look at is is just the type of personality that you get along with or you don't get along with. I think most of the time we can you can fish a per, you know with a person for one day and kind of get a real general feel of, of how it's going to go. You're spending eight hours in a 20-foot space with somebody. So it's not like there's time to get away <laughs> or, or um, you know, other things you can do to uh, alleviate yourself if, if you're not in a comfortable situation. So I think, you know, if you fish for someone with for a day or two, um, I think that gives you a really good idea of, of how well you're going to get along. And then you just continue to grow with that dynamic, especially, you know, fishing with family or, you know, and friends and, and that type of thing. It's important that, you know, you go out there and just have fun. You know, that's the key to this whole thing. And, and having fun and fishing is, is part of the success of fishing so if you can't go out and and have a good time and have some laughs then you know it's going to be hard to you know relate that to success even even on a competitive standpoint if if you take it to that level so it's really a neat aspect and an interesting uh, situation when you put the two people together or three people together like we had the other day you get a whole lot of uh, neat things going on and having a good time is is probably the most important thing and, and if things work out farther and above and beyond that it'll just take its natural course and i think you bring up a good point there because during that day when we were out there uh one of the things that i noticed and of course kurt i mean i've, I've fished with you numerous times so i know a little bit about beyond just jumping in the boat with you that day but i'm always amazed at individuals and i think great individuals and, and great anglers who kind of put themselves constantly in a position to succeed also put themselves in a position to learn And one of the things that I did pick up on very quickly is that, you know, if something happened by, let's say, something that Bill 
had done or myself, you know, you were very, very inquisitive to, okay, what happened? Where was the fish at? How did it respond? You know, you don't have a lot of ego when it comes to learning information that's going to help you as an angler. There's no question, you know, every time I see something or I feel like someone has, you know, something to add to a conversation, obviously in life in general, but especially what we're talking about here in fishing, it's really important for me to, to take that in and to understand what they've done that, that's made them successful um, in all aspects, whether it's, you know, catching a fish out of a tree, catching a fish on a ledge, or, or it's having a good business, you know, you want to know um, what's making people successful so that, you know, you might be able to lean on some of those things and put them into active and effect for yourself to have success as well you know and and now to you bill i mean uh, again understanding the relationship from from the back end of the boat i mean the way that the the tournament works is that essentially you're only going to take so many rods you can only take so much tackle because you're limited on space and those type of things how do you prepare and say okay as a co-angler you know you don't have the the ability like let's say the pro does to where you've got all your your tackle compartments filled to the brim with with tackle how do you choose and select and what advice can you pass on to our listeners i just take a general selection of very universal baits for tackle and stuff like that whether it be soft plastics and stuff like that generally just a little bit of mix of everything so that you pretty much have everything with you whereas if you're in a boat you may have two or three of everything whereas I'll bring one of everything. Uh, as for rods and stuff like that, you try to go with maybe not as specific of a rod for a certain bait. You kind of go with a more universal rod and also line and everything like that. Um, I mean, as everybody knows, there's specialty rods and specialty line for different baits and stuff like that. You kind of have to look past that a little bit and uh, just go into everything with an open mind is key and just be willing to switch up and switch different rods and tie different baits onto different rods and work with what you can take with you. And speaking of, of an open mind, um, Kurt, obviously you've had you know a few days and by the time really that this interview airs, uh, the tournament's going to be over and hopefully we're talking about how you are uh, $90,000 richer. <laughs> um, but you know, with that being said, I find it very interesting that we have the opportunity to talk about this because when you came down and you kind of started the practice uh we're in the midst of it you know we're, we're literally a day before the tournament starts you're down to the final day how has and and this would go for any tournament not just this one but how does your uh, view change or expand you know since you've you've been down here well really aaron the, the first thing i like to do when i hit the lake and, and i start practicing is i like to go directly to my strengths what do i like to do and uh me kurt dove he's a shallow water angler and so I go to the bank and I, and I look at, you know, shallow water areas, um, whether it be laydowns or, you know, cranking shallow crankbaits or throwing top water, uh, flipping a jig to cover, fishing boat docks, you know, that, those are the first things that I look at. The second thing I look at is I have friends that, that know some things about the lake, like yourself, you know, and ask you, you know, what are some of the recent trends that have been going on in the lake and how can I put those things into effect to complete my game plan? Um, so far, you know, in, in this tournament, you know, it, or in this practice, I should say, things have been going pretty good. You know, I got on a, a decent little bite in the morning where I can get some topwater fish, and, and now I'm trying to add a one-two punch. You know, I've got the punch one, I've got the jab going, but I need the knockout blow. So I'm really, you know, trying to focus on getting something going in the afternoon, and it looks like, you know, I'm having to move out a little bit deeper, which it really isn't my comfort zone, 
But, um, you know, you've got to be able to adjust and be versatile. You can't be uh, hard-nosed or stubborn and continue to do the same thing all day if after 10 o'clock it stops working. Otherwise, um, you know, you're just going to catch what you've caught up to 10 and then basically your day's over. So as this practice is extended, I've been able to adjust a little bit and I'm starting to find some ways to catch some fish, you know, after 10, 11 o'clock until the later evening hours. And, um, you know, hopefully I'll be able to put a couple of good days together and um, have some success here in this event. You know, and in our, our closing uh, moments here, uh, one of the things that I do want to throw out is obviously we talk a lot about on the edge nonstop uh, concerning the mental aspects, something that has come big into play, you know, and I think we even talked about this before you kind of hit the lake was the fact of fog delay just because of the fall and the time of year, you've got that cool night temperatures and then obviously the warm water that's going to create that fog. How does something like that, is is that a way that you can plan for that? Because there there's the possibility that you may... You know, obviously at a 7 o'clock takeoff, you might not be going out of the buoys until, let's say, 10.30. How does that impact your tournament day? Well, first off, you know, Table Rock is probably the foggiest lake I've ever been to in my <laughs> entire life. Out of, uh, I've been here, um, I've came for six practice days. Uh, tomorrow will be my sixth practice day. So I've been through five days of practice, and four out of the five days, we've had strong fog until um, at least 9.30, 10 o'clock in the morning. And, and one day it went through about... 1130. So, um, you know, the way I look at that and the way I'm trying to plan for that is, is really, you know, key areas of location and, and how you can move up the lake without taking too much time to run through the fog. If, if say, they let you go and, um, you know, the fog is lifted in one part of the lake but hasn't lifted in another part, I'm looking to try and use that to my advantage um, rather than seeing as a disadvantage where I not, might not be able to run exactly to the places where I'd really like to fish. I'm trying to use that to my advantage to continue to, to fish in, in low light situations because I've gotten on this top water situation. And um, it's an interesting scenario. It's something when, you, when you're running in a tournament and your adrenaline's flowing, you can run a long ways in fog. But uh, in practice, it's not something that, you, you know, you really just, you know, put the pedal to the metal and and run through stuff where you you don't have great visibility so it's definitely going to play a role in this tournament i believe um it seems like this evening we're having some wind and that can keep that fog out of the out of the equation but um you know we still have two days to the event and hopefully i'll be able to use that fog to my advantage with that low light situation to catch some some more topwater fish well and as we all know uh certainly uh gps is not radar we can't see oncoming boats and i think uh the more that you can put yourself in a calm confident you know scenario to be able to kind of like you said maximize your strengths and ultimately you're going to get there when you're going to get there i think that plays a a key role well gentlemen unfortunately we are out of time kurt any closing thoughts before we get out of here um no not a whole lot i just appreciate everybody listening if they have any questions about the interview here they can go to uh, ask the pros at bassedge.com and uh just type in any kind of questions you'd like to know about our conversation today and i'd be happy to answer them back all right well there we have it uh kurt dove and mr bill lortz uh, congratulations guys and uh, hope to be talking to you more on the other side in the winner's circle thanks so much for being part of the edge thanks i appreciate it thank you Man, Aaron, what a quite interview with Kurt and Bill. Yeah, you know, it's it's not too often that I actually have the opportunity to uh, hook up with somebody there around my house, but the Srin Championship was actually in town uh, where anglers came from all over uh, the nation to compete on Table Rock Lake, and I happened to be in town for a few days and so was able to actually catch up with both uh, Kurt Dove and and Bill Lortz uh, because, you know, they traveled together. I, I, th- I thought they did a really good job on the interview. 
Now, now these guys just met up randomly on the tour. I mean, tell yeah. me about that. Yeah, it's kind of a funny story. You know, uh, I think Bill actually bought one of uh, Kurt's boats, and uh, after that, you know, they obviously they kind of met through that transaction. But essentially, Kurt uh, had called him, just said, "Hey, do you have any interest in fishing the Strin Series? I'm thinking about getting in the first event of the season." And Bill said, "Absolutely." And so Bill entered the event as a uh, non-boater or a co-angler, and uh, Kurt obviously did very, very well in that first one. And so they decided, kind of forged a relationship there and decided to start traveling together and, uh, you know, going to, to a lot of these tournaments and five events or however many events they had later, they both find themselves in the championship. So I think a lot has to be said about their system and kind of the way they approach that. Well, well yeah, you know, and I, I love Kurt's comments about that the kind of two heads is better than one theory or two lines in the water. You know, that's what reminds me of, of what you guys do on the show a lot, this idea of... Uh, Coupling two different, say, patterns or techniques or colors or, or whatever to just eliminate some time. Well, yeah, and, and, and I mean, you know, we've heard it time and time again, uh, not only here on The Edge, but uh, the TV show and other fishing, you know, genres, that fishing is as much about eliminating what is not working, eliminating water and techniques that are not working as much as what it is about finding what's working. And I think, you know, when you look at that, and you don't even have to be formally competing in a, let's say, a, a tournament. It can be two guys, dad and a daughter or what have you, that basically just hit the lake. And I promise you that if you will take some of these techniques like they describe, like Bill pointing out, you know, um, always throwing a different style or a different bait or doing a different technique than what the person in the front of the boat is doing, because that, uh, chances are, you're going to be catering to a different fish, but also a different area within the water column that, uh, you know, the person in the front of the boat, is. chances are they're going to be passing over. And this whole strategy just makes so much sense for all the guys across the country fishing the team tournament. Oh, most definitely, and and you know that that was another thing that I brought up. You know, obviously, when you put two people in a twenty-foot space, like we talked about in the interview, uh, you can take the two very very good fishermen or two anglers that uh, maybe are are just beginning anglers, and the outcome could be the exact opposite of what you expect based upon you know, personalities. You have to work together uh, when you are in a boat, whether it be in a team tournament, uh, recreationally fishing. Or what have you. If that chemistry is not there, you're essentially going to have a long day ahead of you because, um, you know, chances are you're going to be missing fish and uh, either fishing too fast or something is going to give. Well, it's just an overall great way to learn. You expose yourself to twice as much fishing in a day. It's just a great overall way to learn to become a better bastard. Well, and no question, and, you know, I actually, as part of that interview, prior to that interview, I had the opportunity to get out for, I think it was about four hours uh, with them, and just to kind of gain a first-hand experience of how those two do that. Obviously, I've had some personal experience there um, on that, but each individual team is kind of a little bit different, and of course, this is not a team event, but the outcome, the way that they see it, they're working together to help one another in the respective levels of competition, meaning Kurt obviously is fishing on the pro side and Bill on the amateur side, but uh, it, it was uh, quite amazing because Kurt, he checks his ego at the door, basically, and he's not scared to learn anything from anybody. That was great. I enjoyed that so much and, and learned a lot from those guys, but boy, time flies when you're having fun. Let's go see what uh, Mark Jones from Big Bass Tours has to say. All right. You've got the truck. You've got the toys. Now it's time to get the hitch that gives you more time to play with both. It's the toe and stow receiver hitch by B&W. You want options? Select the ball size, adjust the height to level the trailer, or stow it out of the way in just seconds. It's 10,000 toe and pounds worth of durability, convenience, and the latest technology that has made B&W famous. The toe and stow receiver hitch by B&W. Call 1-866-BEST-HITCH. 
Welcome back to The Edge, the official podcast of Bass Edge. All right, we are back on The Edge, and joining us for this week's edition of The Inside Edge is a gentleman that I met uh, through uh, the legend relationship, and that is Mark Jones of the Big Bass Tour. Mark, thanks so much for being part of The Edge. Thank you, Aaron. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. You bet. And, you know, one of the reasons why I was so adamant about getting you involved with The Edge is so that our listeners... You know, obviously, we're all about uh, presenting opportunities for anglers to whether it be expand their education or just even the opportunities that exist with within the angling community. I know you guys have certainly been working very, very hard, uh, really, to promote the the sport of fishing. Um, you know, I guess a good place to start, Mark, is first tell us what in the world is the Big Bass Tour. BBT Big Bass Tour was uh, created Aaron by myself and my partner Keith Odom. Uh, Keith, whom you may know, uh, has been in the uh, bass fishing uh, industry for quite some time. Has run an open big bass event on Lake Conroe, which is uh, in the Greater Houston area, for over a decade. Uh, I guess, in fact, the upcoming tournament that's in February of 2009 on Conroe is uh, the 12th year of this event. And Keith and I had talked quite some time uh, about the prospect of taking his model and establishing a tour around that open big bass format, and BBT is the result of those conversations. And, uh, we created the new entity and the new brand and began marketing BBT earlier this year, and since that time, certainly been in the process of educating everyone on BBT. I think one of the things it's important to for the anglers out there to know and the listeners to know is while we're a new entity, we have over a decade of experience in this arena. We've paid out over $1.5 million in payouts and prizes and charity donations throughout the year. So uh, while BBT is a new venture, um, we certainly have the expertise. We've certainly been involved in directing and running these tournaments and events, and, and we're just excited about our prospects as we're moving forward. You know, and, and when you hear that type of payout and when you think of competitive or tournament fishing, you know, a lot of uh, people automatically stereotype it from the standpoint of maybe it's a team situation to where you've got two anglers in, in a boat competing for eight hours or perhaps a pro-am format to where you have, you know, the, the traditional uh, boater, non-boater situation. You're out there all day. The, the Big Bass Tour is a little bit different in the fact that it's done on a one fish or an hourly type situation. Can you talk a little bit about what that or how that works? Sure, absolutely. As you mentioned, we established BBT really to promote the sport of bass fishing and bass conservation at the grassroots level for the amateur angler. And everything we do is centered around promoting the best asset this sport has to offer, at least in our opinion, and that is the allure of the trophy bass. And, and we really set up a format. Uh, a lot of anglers are familiar with this format, but certainly a lot of uh, event managers and organizers who have had uh, these types of events. But it, it's an hourly format where you bring in your biggest bass in that hour. Uh, we have mul multiple payouts throughout the day. Most of our events happen over a two-day uh, period of time. And, uh, you know, there's just a lot of payouts, a lot of prizes, a lot of opportunities for your average angler to come in, bring in a fish, weigh it, uh, get up on the stage, and uh, and get to experience what a tournament's all about in, in an environment where uh, there's not quite as much pressure. Uh, but we certainly believe, Aaron, that we have a tour that will challenge you regardless of your level of skill and experience. Well, and I, and I think that that is really paramount when I look at this situation is because th there's, there's multiple things in your business model that you've set up. One is, you know, when you think of, about bringing in five fish in a day, we're, we're talking literally about bringing in, you know, potentially one an hour. So perhaps you may, you may only catch one fish throughout the whole course of the day, and you're still in the running of, uh, you know, being right there amongst getting a check, you know, without having to go out and, you know, catch a, a, a giant bag. Absolutely. It's, it's just an opportunity for everybody to get involved, um, to experience the event, and uh, I guess the most important thing, have an opportunity to get up on stage and get a check. Well, and the other thing that I see too, Mark, is the fact that, uh, you know, perhaps for, you know, anglers that uh, maybe haven't dipped their toe into the sport 
or the competitive factor of it, uh, but perhaps would like like to do that. You know, it's it's very um, user friendly, I guess, and and not so intimidating uh, under this type of format. That's correct. We launched uh, in September uh, on Lake Louisville, as you and I had discussed at our North Texas Classic, and and I can't tell you how many anglers had come up and said, "Hey, you know, this is my first opportunity to fish in a, in a competitive tournament in this type of environment," and uh, you know, they were just very very pleased with it, excited about it. You could see it in their eyes when they would come up to weigh in, and you know, I had anglers that uh, didn't have a fish to weigh in at any point during the tournament, but they still had a great time. Said. To be back next year and, and that's really what it's all about we are here to promote this sport and uh, promote this opportunity and it, it just really gives everybody an opportunity to compete equally on on an equal level well and i see it as a, a tremendous opportunity to to get out there to learn to possibly get in the boat uh maybe it's with uh maybe it's with your dad maybe it's with your your mom your your sister your uncle but basically just spend some time mainly have a lot of fun and the opportunity to learn a lot and in our last closing minute what i would like for you to do you have a technology that really uh, i think you guys are the ones that have pioneered this and it's concerning the the use of text messaging uh for this type of format can you spend about 60 seconds uh telling us how you guys did that and what that means sure not a problem we you know we were forced into uh, i'd like to take credit for this idea but uh, we were forced into it in our market and that we, we had to get this data out uh, and the information about the hourly big bass to these anglers and uh, so we, we came up with the idea to to push this technology push text message to them and update them throughout uh, the process everybody's got a cell phone you know not every angler that hits the water has a radio in their boat um, and it was just a very very easy way for us to communicate them in advance of the tournament uh, the start times any important data or updates we would just push that uh, to their telephones and and we went through the process of uh, all of the hourly updates. they got those throughout the tournament uh, via text message so as they were on the water uh, making the determination if they're going to come in and weigh a fish at, at that hour, uh, they're able to look down uh, before the weigh-in is closing and have a general idea of where uh, the bass they've got in their boat uh, you know, might, might fall and whether or not they have an opportunity to have a check. So uh, it was a hit. Uh, it's one of those things that we're going to be you know, continuously giving updates about our tour, the tournaments that we have coming through this technology. But then as we approach an event, it's really you know where all of the information in and around the event uh, is distributed to the anglers. Well, and certainly with this day and age, you know, with the gas prices being where they are and, and you have to run uh, back into the weigh-in uh, not knowing, I think that is not only going to uh, help the anglers save dollars, but also just keep them informed. And I know you also utilize that to uh, kind of let them know if they had won something through the raffle, whether it be a new fishing rod and reel or, or uh, the many, many prizes that you guys give away at each of these events. Mark, uh, unfortunately, we are out of time, but I can tell you, you will be back on because I know that uh, Bass Edge and uh, the Big Bass Tour will have some future announcements concerning our relationship going forward. I know we're looking forward to that on this end, but um, how can our listeners, you know, find out additional information concerning the Big Bass Tour? Uh, easiest way, Aaron, obviously, is to uh, hit the website, which is www.bigbasstour.com, uh, or obviously, as we just mentioned, you can text the word BASS, B-A-S-S, to 29222, um, and we will be pushing out periodic updates so they can get that information in any of those formats. And uh, we've got a schedule coming up for 2009. As you and I talked about, we've got six stops coming, four open tournaments and two charity tournaments, so they can catch all that data uh, in the coming months up on our website as we move forward in the next year and, uh, and start to market in advance of those events. Well, Mark, we certainly look forward to uh, seeing 
how big this thing is going to be because I, I can tell you just given the fact uh, of what we're seeing uh, for next year's schedule it is certainly going to be at the top of our, our watch list on, on this end. Thank you so much for being part of the Edge and uh, we look forward to talking with you again very very soon. Darren thank you so much for the time and, and we're excited about this partnership with Bass Edge as well. Uh, proud to be working with you guys as we move forward. So thank you very much. When I'm fishing in a tournament, time is critical. I need fast, easy access to my lures. My Cook's go-to tackle system keeps my bait organized, tangle-free, and within easy reach. It installs in minutes under any deck lid, maximizing the storage space of my boat. And its durable construction lasts even through the harshest conditions. Get organized with Cook's tackle system by calling 1-888-390-8780 or online at cooksgoto.com. Welcome back to The Edge. Okay, we're back here on The Edge. Man, those hourly big bass tournaments have sure become popular, and I know, and they've got to be a lot of fun. Oh, you know, I, I have not had the chance to participate in one. Of course, I went down uh, for the Legend of Lake Fork tournament and got to see and kind of be a spectator. But uh, I definitely think Mark uh, has a great thing going, and with the addition of, of their upcoming 2009 schedule, it'll be interesting to see how that plays into more of a national format. Well, it was just great to have them and Kurt and Bill on the show today. Uh, just a few reminders, folks. We're just so excited to be moving to the Outdoor Channel this year, aren't we, Aaron? Yeah, boy, I tell you what, that is uh, something that you're going to hear a lot more about, and of course we're going to be releasing uh, additional information as that becomes available. But the primary time slot is going to be on Saturday, and uh, we're excited to be part of that. Obviously, the only channel to for outdoor programming 24-7, and uh, we're happy to kind of find our, our new home. And there's plenty of more Bass Edge out there at BassEdge.com. Sign up for the merchandise giveaways, the e-newsletter, monthly prize drawing, and don't forget to send in your questions to Ask a Pro. Aaron, we got to go, man. Man, I know. It, it just flies so much, but uh, I want to say thanks out to you, Steve, for being uh, being here with us in Dan's absence, and I think you and I will be uh, back together again next week. I think he's still going to be in the woods. Well, that sounds great. I mean, it's always great to be back here. Okay, man. Take it easy. Hey, until next week, everybody, right here on The Edge. Bass Edge would like to thank the following sponsors who make The Edge audio program possible. Ditch Witch, Mother's Waxes and Polishes, V&W Trailer Hitches, MegaWare Keel Guard, Cook's Tackle Management Systems, Ardent Rule the Water, Legend Boats, O'Reilly Auto Parts, Superstart Batteries, and the Clarks Hill Partnership of Georgia. For more information on Bass Edge, including our television show, training materials, e-newsletter, and podcast, please visit www.bassedge.com. Be sure to join us next week on The Edge.